is the best part of my day. Nope, scratch that. Reverse. Say a little prayer for you. A moment I wake up before I put on my makeup. Makeup. I say a little prayer for you. But yeah, I don't know. Sometimes I know I am. 31 years old but you do start it does feel like a time in one's life where you do start to feel some of the creepings of oldness come in you are like huh things annoy me that didn't used to annoy me think being too stimulated uh is is now a problem movies i once thought boring are now exactly what i'm looking for yeah i went to a theater show this week and i like was complaining about the lobby experience <laughs> So. And you're like, uh-oh, <laughs> oops. I was like, oh, God. I'm getting a little too comfortable with, and I think this is true for a lot of moviegoers, but I, I got A-list finally. And Woo! Woo, AMC, baby. Welcome um, to the AMC A-list. I think I have stock in AMC, too. I think I've invested, like, $5. Wow. Yeah. Oh, that's going to pay out like a slot machine. <laughs> Don't just you wait. And I realized that... If I met a movie that, like, doesn't have recliner seats, it's, like, it takes away so much. From <laughs> I'm going to have to sit upright the whole time? Yes. And movies are $25 here. Movies are $25 now. Yeah. They're around that price here. And, like, we're Probably. not close to any movie theaters here. Where are you? You got to go on such a journey. Yeah, I live in um, Andersonville in Chicago. And like, we are, we're close, but like, not close public transportation wise, close if you have a car, but like, the parking's going to be shit. (laughs) And And or be expensive. How are you going to get over there? Yeah. Yeah. And we're trying like we um, in Chicago, there's the music box theater, which is like a very old like, style theater like they have an organ that plays and um they'll play old movies they'll play like art movies last christmas i saw what the batman that's in christmas with danny devito oh so good returns yes returns we saw that at the music box which it's and it's cool except it is because it's old the theater seats are uncomfortable (laughs) The theater seats are bad. And, you know, there seems to be, there's like a, there's two continuums, right? And like, the movies can be good, but that always comes at the expense of the seats being bad. Mm-hmm. And like, the movie theaters with the most comfortable seats in the entire world are just never showing anything you want to leave the house Trolls for. World Tour. Yes, like- Trolls World Tour is playing on all 10 screens at the comfortable seat movie theater. Or you go to Evanston, the nearest suburb, Kevin knows Evanston. Let's um, Thing about Evanston, teens running around on Rampant. bikes everywhere. Legion. Everywhere. Just rich white teens running around. Evanston is that reality show where the kids ran a desert ghost town. Okay? Evanston <gasps> is Nation. all children. Evanston yes. is Kid Nation. Okay? <laughs> I, I, did I worked program. there for five I weeks. I never saw a grown-up. Not Did one you go time. to Cherubs? Uh, I worked Cherubs. I forgot about that. It, a terrible experience. I would not recommend. But I uh, was a I was a cherub, and I reconnected with my cherub best friend recently. 
she just moved I, here to that's Los beautiful. Angeles. Yeah, it is beautiful. Um, and also reconnected with a cherub's friend through your cat's podcast. And yeah, my parents got married in Evanston. Mm. There's some lore wow. there. Yeah, Officiated my, by like a child, like a, a rich yeah, white teen. Yeah, from, from Kid Nation, the mayor of Evanston. Uh, the teen on a little dirt bike, like come <laughs> <laughs> running through the wedding, <laughs> just ruining it. Because yeah. teens ran, we saw whatever was the last Wes Anderson movie. Um, Asteroid City? Yes, Asteroid City. Uh, it was fine, but it, it was also ruined by like teens coming in and out of our theater, like just yelling. And then a boy sat next to us at the very end of the movie. And he's like, oh, is this over? I was like, boy, like, <laughs> yes. Boy, sit. And Matt was boy. like, we need to leave. You are not fighting a 17-year-old right now. You are so small. <laughs> there's, there's something in the teen mind that goes into, like, a darkened building and assumes that it's laser tag and they could just run around. Dude, yeah. Teens yearn for laser tag, the largely defunct youth activity and now they go into the movie theater and they're like this is dark like laser tag you know there's something it's like when your family has a sheep dog and they're always trying to like herd the little kids it's just yeah. like it's in the teen mind that they want to shoot each other with with lasers i think there's a trampoline world that opened and it used to be a regal so they turned it into an amc didn't make the theater better in any way just turned it into an amc made the other half a trampoline world. So hopefully the teens will be trampolining. Like right, a sky zone? Yes. Wow. A, a half theater, half sky zone. I'm picturing one of those like church conference rooms where they just have like the shitty divider between it and there's just like <laughs> a movie playing and then there's kids bouncing on the other side and it's only divided by... It is more separate, but the glass is clear, so you can see, like, I haven't seen a child trampolining, but theoretically, I think you can. <laughs> you can see the children, and the children can see Asteroid City. They're, like, bouncing up and down. They're catching every third second of Asteroid City. They're, <laughs> They're like, going, what like, is going like, on? Huh? This movie sucks. I was what? like, this well, it... <laughs> I was like, it does suck, but I would know. <laughs> I would know you keep interrupting me. Yes. Yeah, the trampoline movie theater is like, you know, that 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 classic AMC experience or like you're sitting there watching the boy and the heron and you could hear like the Beyonce movie through the next wall. Uh, it's that. But trampolines, it's it's that. Yeah. yeah. But but springs so. of trampolines or maybe the trampoline kids can hear can hear Asteroid City can hear the Marvels piped in. Beyonce. That would be I would trampoline to Beyonce. Oh, yeah, that's like actually a fantastic idea. I think there's like sort of an interactive market here that just <laughs> needs a little bit more tweaking and then it's golden. Yeah, we got great ideas here. Yeah, you could really, you could absolutely capture a, a demographic if you had Swifty trampoline nights, uh, yeah. Bay Hive uh, trampoline nights, right? They and, probably and now, have this. They pro And I just don't they have to. know about it. Not I don't remember. Into trampoline you know world Culture. and um you know i just talked about how my ankle kind of hurts and that's mostly why <laughs> i was just thinking about that the idea of my 31 year old ass like jumping around sky zone i'm like 
He's not walking out of there with both feet. There's no, there's no way. Every knee is making it out of the sky zone alive. No way. Yeah, you need an ibuprofen uh, little, <laughs> you just little turnstile <laughs> machines. I'm freaking with ibuprofen. You have like little shot cups, shot glasses, but they've got a couple of like ibuprofen pills in there. And some Pedialyte. Yeah, yeah. you gotta stay hydrated. <laughs> Not too hydrated because one thing about me away. is I always have wanted to be better at trampolining than I am. I've always wanted to have more endurance than I do, and I always mm-hmm. go on it and I'm having so much fun for like five minutes, and then suddenly <laughs> I'm like so exhausted, and I'm like, "What is my body doing?" That's causing this to happen and then I have to kind of play it off like still having fun and this has been true since as early as I can remember I've like loved the feeling of being on a trampoline until like five minutes pass and then I'm suddenly like I am not an athlete and I'm not built for this I don't know what muscles are causing me to fatigue and I feel terrible and I can barely breathe yeah what are the trampoline muscle groups this is what yeah Another yeah. of our boutique trampoline nights. Trampoline as fitness for old people. Anatomy and phys class on the trampoline. Absolutely. That's how I justify the field trip to Sky Zone <laughs> for my kids. <laughs> They're learning physics. Go projections ahead. could be cool, though. I think projections in a Sky Zone could be could be cool. Mm. Like you're jumping around an environment. You know, you have mm. heaven up at the very top, of course, or like scenes from, I don't know, like the Lord of the Rings or whatever, and you're jumping through battles from the Lord of the Rings. I don't know. It could be pretty sick. There's something here. It would have to be short, though. It would have to be under five minutes for me. But yeah. <laughs> but uh, going, going to Sky Zone to uh, learn like physics reminded me of a dormant school memory of mine uh, when I was in the gifted education program in Warrington, Missouri, where (laughs) we were going through some kind of architecture unit with this teacher that I really, really hated my high school gifted education professor. And we were going through an architecture unit and he took us all the six flags, but we could only draw the architecture of six flags. We couldn't get on the rides. We couldn't, we could hang out with Bug Bunny. We could only draw what we saw at Six Flags. That's I was mad. So wow. weird. And so it was expensive. Weird. And very far away. Not a short drive from where we lived. And it was like, cool. You get to draw the exterior of the Batman ride where your feet are dangling down as you're going through the Joel Schumacher themed Batman ride at Six Flags St. Louis. You can draw that. You can draw that experience. But you can't live it. Don't get in there. No, no, no. Speaking of dormant memories, what was the name of the lead of this movie again? <laughs> oh, Julia Roberts? Well, there's that. And then who's the guy? Dermot Mulrooney? Dermot. I knew it sounded You're talking like about Dermot Mulrooney? Yeah. It it um sounded like dormant. And Similar to your to story, Kevin. Um, yeah, he's a terrorist, just like your teacher. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, this movie is about terrorists emotional terrorists it's i think by terrorists and for terrorists i think i think this is this is a, this is a film with violent intent i think it's a film with violence and hatred in its heart and uh it might uh be a masterpiece i'm i'm uncertain as of right now uh, because this is, of course, Run the Julias, uh, the only podcast brave enough to cover every cinematic work of America's sweetheart, Julia Roberts. 
we we uh, 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 I am one of your hosts, TV's Kevin Lanigan, and um, if I was going to try and break up my best friend's wedding, the song that I would guilt their fiance into singing at karaoke would be "Take My Breath Away." Here I am. I'm your co-host, Cat Scott. I use they them pronouns famously and if i was to break up my best friend's wedding by making their fiance sing a song at karaoke this is something i would never ever do but if i were to do it never, never would do this hmm what would i make them sing uh i feel like a glee song um <laughs> Say a little prayer, as, as sung by the Cheerios on Glee. Which I was thinking about when that was happening. Spoilers for the music I'm going to use on, on this episode. I don't know what would be, what couldn't be endearing. Yeah, how does it not become winsome? How does it not win the whole room over? Oh, an Eminem song. That's how. Just any any Eminem yeah. song. Yeah, Slim Shady. If it was a, if it was a man. Yeah, I would make them do mm-hmm. an Eminem song. Sure, it's not charming. I, Absolutely. I wanted to give, like, Kendall Roy at his birthday party in the show Succession. Mm. This is something that he did. and L to the OG. Mm-hmm. I love it. Perfect. Amazing. Um, and we are here in uh, the, the first of, of what will become an annual tradition on Run the Julias. Uh, because we simply have received so many requests for one film. Uh, I've gotten a lot of DMs over the months of people who want to do certain episodes zeroing in on their favorite Julias or the ones they find most interesting. Uh, and, you know, we have some interesting uh, guests and episode paired up and line up. But this fucking movie has, <laughs> has drawn more attention than every other fucking movie on this list. Um, so we have decided the best way to handle this. We don't want to choose between the wonderful guests who have put themselves forward. So we've decided that the way to handle this is, uh, doing my best friend's wedding every single year that we do this podcast and bring you a new episode on this, uh, wonderful film every New Year's Eve. So the last thing that you hear before that ball drop is us talking about this film. Uh, and the first guest, an honored guest, a, 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 a podcast favorite, helped me kick off podcasts back in the day. Um, uh, didn't ask if they were using their full name on the pod, but Melanie, welcome to the show. Thank you. You, I guess you can use my full name. I have nothing to hide. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, it's Melanie, human person who watches movies. That's your last name. I just want to make Melanie, sure I human get it person. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, no, Humphrey. Is that a hyphen? Oh, okay. <laughs> human person Humphrey <laughs> of of Dan Humphrey's family. Yeah. Uh, yes, but just the singular Humphreys. We don't. We don't fuck with you know all of them <laughs> yeah absolutely no you don't uh, fuck with dan or, or rufus the the family split was uh, was divisive you definitely don't fuck with jenny humphrey anymore she burned those bridges in the upper east side but uh we are not here to talk about gossip girl sadly tragically we are not here to talk about gossip girl no 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 we are here to talk about the 1997 julia roberts career revitalizer 
my best friend's wedding and what and what and what a film it is (laughs) and uh, this is in ways it feels like the like an art film that escaped into a hollywood studio system this feels like it should be the plot of an independent movie that everyone hates and uh, but somehow it's it escaped into huge box office and financial uh success despite being um a movie about sick and and twisted and and nasty people i will say i think my best friend's wedding walked so fleabag could absolutely run. yeah dermot mulrooney the original hot priest yes and like you are watching super villains <laughs> You're you're watching a nefarious antihero at their antics. And listen, I love when girls behave badly. I support women's rights and women's wrongs. You know, and like what we in a world of of Walter White and Tony Soprano. You know, like why not let Julia Roberts wreak a little havoc as well? Why not? And the best place to do it is in the city of Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> the Windy City. Yes, absolutely. Yes, and uh, uh, Melanie, a Chicago native, not to dox you, but that's, that's yeah, the beautiful. I Ah, they're driving down the highway at one point, and I'm like, I remember driving down that highway in the rain, listening to the cat soundtrack on the way to the museum. I, I've, I've lived these streets. Well, that was my, like, that was my in to be on the podcast, was, like, <laughs> I have, like... I have the Chicago perspective, and I have many notes about Chicago in this movie. Oh, in I general, can't wait to hear them. I feel like Chicago is shown very well in this movie. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's a if uh, all these people are stupid and bad, but Chicago looks amazing, and you should like you would <laughs> definitely want to visit. Sure, or do a river cruise. It's a ama- river cruises are the best. It's summer. It's like hot, but not too hot. It's it's incredible. The lake is right there if you need to cool off. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> pay a little cash place. to go to the beach. Absolutely. Perfect place to ruin a wedding. <laughs> <laughs> to both have a wedding and mm-hmm. attempt to ruin one. Yes. So for anyone, anyone in a, our, our beautiful listening audience who is not familiar with the plot of this film, Julia Roberts, whose character has a name, but... Julia Roberts has a best friend who she used to date, played by Dermot Mulrooney. I think his character's name is George. And uh, they dated for a while, but then they decided to become best friends. It wasn't working as a couple. But then George calls out of the blue one day, all these years later, and says, Julia Roberts, I'm getting married. And Julia remembers a pact that they had to, if they were not married by 28 years old, they... We're going to marry each other. And it is revealed that Dermot Mulrooney is going to be marrying a 20-year-old college student played by Cameron Diaz. And uh, Julia Roberts makes it her mission to break up that wedding. And that man is supposed to be 28 years old. And... Yes. And Julia Roberts is... I mean, definitely could be 28 years old. Unfortunately, I turned 29 in like two days and it was just it was a horrible line to not know about 
to have that line come across and be like, well, if we don't marry... <laughs> if, if I'm not married by 28, I might as well give it up. I might as well throw in the towel. It's over for me. Yeah, it was very <laughs> humbling to be sitting here with no prospects at 28, almost 29. Listen. You don't need to listen to these fucking screenwriters, cat. You don't, don't, 28 is a ridiculous age for the marriage pact. The marriage pact between friends is supposed to be like. 40. At least 35. Yeah, 40. Definitely. That's what is I like, thought. okay, if you, like, 40 is like, listen, you've, you've tried. You know, you've, you've done a lot of different options. And now it's time to settle into something that seems comfortable and nice. You know, it might not be what either of you dreamed, but it's like, it's nice to have a fallback plan. You know, you wanted to go to school to study theater, but it's good to learn Spanish as well. You know what I mean? And sometimes you got to fall back on that Spanish degree. Um, and, uh, and that, and then 28 years old was incredible. I was blown away by this. It was incredibly painful to hear that. My notes were 28 and I just said, ah. And then when she <laughs> reveals uh, she's a junior, a junior in college, I also wrote, ah. In college. A junior in college and is going to leave college. Going to Going to drop out of college to marry Dermot Mulrooney at the tender age of 20, he, the ripe old age of 28, basically in the retirement home at 28. And uh, I think everyone's making some bad, some, some, some dicey decisions here. Um, I think, because this movie's premise is insane. And I think it's very easy for uh, the audience to uh, hate the Julia Roberts character with every being fiber of their being. I think that's a very easy outcome of this movie. Uh, many still do. They changed the ending so that people would hate her less. But I can just, I can feel the way this movie is pulling at strings to try and, like, make the marriage seem like a bad idea so that people want her to break this up. Making Cameron Diaz 20 and about to drop out of college is, like, a decision I can feel them making to go, like, maybe it's not such a good idea that he's doing this. Maybe it's good that she's breaking up the wedding. Just anything to try and make us, like, sympathetic to this character. Yeah, I agree. I think, um, I don't know. You said you said something last pod about five-year age difference not being super, super crazy, um, but there does feel like a distinction of a of a twenty year old dropping out of college to get married and it not being like nineteen fifty two. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, it's it, right because you know it, it, people used to marry people ten years older than themselves all the time. It was kind of just what you did. It was the fashion at the time, and it's not that uncommon, I suppose, these days. But making her specifically tw- a college junior. Who is going to drop out of college to get married? That classic, like, majored in marital studies college track that a lot of uh, religious young people get into. The MRS um, degree, the ring by spring. Oh, those are good. I hadn't heard those before. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, people, it's about young women 
going to college to try and find a suitable husband. Uh, and of course, she found a 28-year-old sports writer, a guy who col- covers college baseball, the the ideal the ideal mate for any uh, 20-year-old co-ed. I was also just like kind of confused along the emotional stakes of the movie and how many different climaxes there were. I was very confused <laughs> about what the resolution was when she was crying so much being like i'm i I maybe shouldn't be doing this and then (laughs) and then he was like doing it and then it felt very like grease it felt very like i'm gonna change myself to be a bad sandy and then danny zuko being like and i'm gonna do nothing at all you look hot it was very confusing. I, I was, it was just that, like, was she really apologetic? And the, the thing about this, this film that you have to buy into is the rom-com vibe of if you're in love, that's, All bets are off. that's it. If you are in love in a romantic comedy, like the laws of civil society, the, the laws of, of, of the social contract are, are out the window. Yeah. Um, this is, this is rom-com endgame. This is rom-com entropy. This is like taking the contract the audience size with a rom-com to like the furthest possible point you can take it. Right, exactly. That the wedding continues, that each step along the way continues. How Cameron dealt with Julia flitting about asking for... So I was when I was talking to um, my friend about this film, I was like, this is a very queer context that would also go way smoother in queer settings, but does not vibe with like a hetero straight dynamic and having the just, there was nothing about the vibes that anyone was giving to each other that was like, this is going to go well. It's like interesting to watch too, because like you, it's like everyone's doomed, you know, like he is deranged to be calling a friend beautiful and be given those eyes that Dermot has to two different women at the same time and deranged to think he's like also not in love, but of course he's not. And it's also deranged to have like Julia Roberts, like chasing him so much. And then also like their marriage is doomed. Like they're married for five years tops. Oh, if that, yeah, absolutely. I think I think they're dissolving this very quickly. They haven't known each other for very long. There's just all these like weird little aspects of their relationship that they seem to be throwing in there to try and like get the audience on board with this. Yeah, we're like, but they're just okay. using the in love clause of like, well, despite every single thing that doesn't work at all, they're in love. They're in love. I think it also helps. It both like makes you be on the side of Julia Roberts and makes you not yes. take her side too. Cause I think like, you're like, Julia Roberts is right. These people are annoying. Kimmy is annoying. Like they have not been together long. Like she should not drop out of college to be with a guy who writes for print media. 
uh, in the dying 90s. Industry. <laughs> it's a dying art. And, you know, like, he he should, I don't know, not exist as a man uh, in either of their lives because he's a terrorist. They honestly kind of deserve each other. They honestly, yes. in a certain way, they belong together to, in any context where it's your wedding weekend, to suck a ring off another woman's finger in any context during your wedding weekend is is illegal (laughs) like you should be you should be thrown in jail abolish prisons except in this instance where you put Dermot Mulroney in jail I for I I did also write ah after (laughs) yeah after her whole finger (laughs) that that is the scene that is burned in in my brain when I like watch a movie and then I try to think about it after. That's the one where I'm like, oh, that happened. And then it's it becomes an intrusive image where it's hard to remember anything else that happened because of that specific image. And so you're like, Julia Roberts is right. Like, this is deranged. And then yet, like, she is wrong. Like, it's it's going to happen. Like, there's no stopping this train. There's nothing to stop like these two people being in love. Chicago traffic cannot even stop this wedding. No, they can have a, a full on car chase in a bread truck. You know, they can they can fight through uh, you know, the, the Chicago Transit Authority chambers. You know, it doesn't matter. They're they'll they'll make it together. Good on her um, to be able to go from Wilmette, which I'm pretty sure that's where the wedding is, farther mm-hmm. suburb than Evanston to downtown Chicago without even a door uh, on her van uh, and then to the White Sox stadium. That would take me all day to accomplish those tasks. In a <laughs> yeah, that's Honda what I was CRV. thinking. I was like, the, the logistics of this and then you're going to somehow make it back for the 5 p.m. wedding and they don't really address that. It felt like the show 24 where it's like, where's the bathroom breaks and how did this happen? Did they... When does Jack Bauer eat a power bar? Yeah. Isn't there, like, a lore in L.A. that, like, there's secret tunnels for the rich, famous celebrities to be able to bypass the traffic? Of course. Yeah, Um, I'm not quite um, that. (laughs) You're not at tunnel status yet? Not quite yet. Um, So I haven't been brought in. Maybe that's something that is in people's Raya profile. Like, oh, where do Mm. you live along the secret tunnel? Um, But it's not. I'm not on Raya, so I don't know. Well, rooting Yet. for you. Um, Chicago definitely doesn't have it other than Lakeshore Drive, which they do drive on in the movie. But wow. inserting my Chicago traffic knowledge, they pick her up at O'Hare. That's like west, northwest of Chicago. Then somehow they drive north on Lakeshore Drive. Deranged. That's a deranged way to t- travel. <laughs> In Chicago. In any context. In any... Anyway, then they're going south again on Lakeshore Drive. She do a Yui uh, over the, like, median to go back south and then to go... Like, it, it was it was deranged. I was like, wow. I mean, I, she's a bad driver, which is true to Chicago nature. Um, but the traffic pattern was was wild. Can you... And then map out for me starting at hmm, hmm. what point the bean no 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 no, no. not that kind of 
map out for me. The the emotional beats and the decisions made. I lost the plot after I don't know some one of the climaxes, and then I started losing track of like who knew what and who forgave who because of whatever stakes. It was like a masterclass in like using eye contact and vibes to convince somebody to be on your side again. And it was like, it changed so much that I, as a viewer, wasn't sure, like, who am I supposed to be rooting for's decision? And what am I supposed to think is supposed to happen? Like, I just completely lost human interaction and human responses to situations. The challenging, thorny nature of the film. It's a dense piece, uh, a a moral quandary that that we sit in. I feel like to understand the essence of the movie, you have to follow um, George, her gay best friend. Yes. I think he is the one that like tells you the essence of the movie and they don't listen almost very like greek tragedy right he tells her to like like when he comes to be her like fake fiance she's like what do i do and he's like you have to tell him and the and you have to say goodbye it's the only it's the only way it's just it yes he is George is the is the voice of the audience in a way, a, a, a common type of character who's just saying everything that we in the audience are wanting to scream at the at the screen, um, and uh, and and he Rupert Everett, of course, uh, Prince Charming from Shrek Two, as we all know him, he um, is really holding this movie together, kind of with his two very handsome hands. Uh, he's, he's the, he's the glue. He's always in fun little situations. He's listening to Harry Shearer read an erotic novel (laughs) when he, when he needs to deliver crushing news of give it up, Julia, the game is over. Um, what a guy, he leads a table full of people in a full rendition of say a little prayer with the, like the dream of every cast going out to Denny's after their show, you know, just right. like every high school theater troupe going to Denny's and breaking into seven and a half cents for the pajama game. Like this is what they want. They want the rest of the Denny's singing in. They want everyone at the table knowing all the words to the song. They know all the words to the song, and the waiters are applauding. That's how much the people at Denny's love what you the theater kid is doing and that's and that's the energy that's being brought to this very famous say a little he's my dream cast like if you were to cast me in a role he is i've at least i can finally be like that one if you were to like make Mm. remake this film you probably shouldn't because it's great the way it is and wouldn't make sense any other way i disagree really yeah well (laughs) Yes and no. I feel like remaking things sucks. So if they're going to remake it and put it on Netflix, like, like die. Don't do that. <laughs> and make Sydney Sweeney be in it? No. Absolutely not. Um, my, my favorite blonde rock has all the charisma of a mossy rock. Yeah. That new movie does not look good. Gotta tell you that. Not saving rom-coms. <laughs> Um, Not saving rom-coms, and yet I'll be there. I can't explain it. I, I can't. I can't make it. That make was sense. me at Wonka this weekend. I was like, "How did I get here?" 
How did I? I... Oh, you you got your golden ticket. I got my golden ticket, which was AMC A-list to see Wonka. And I was just like, and then I paid like another $25 for like popcorn candy soda. Yeah. And I was just like, why am I? Why am I doing this? How did I get here? This is not my I'm sober and I just dropped $50 this weekend on fucking (laughs) Wonka and AMC shit. I don't. On a damn fizzy lifting drink at the damn concession stand. Yeah. Putrid. Yes. Owl. So this 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 role is the role that I've decided that I want to be not only in a film, but this is just to say if anybody's looking for like a token gay character, if you want to kind of pivot from the gay boy and go into a more like non-binary direction, I'm ready. I The writing, fantastic. The delivery, fantastic. And this is kind of the vibe that I want to give off. Um, but beyond that, this is the kind of person I'm trying to be also in everybody's life. I am trying <laughs> to be, this is what I can point to as when I say that I've been in a supporting character arc for the last like two years, this is how I want to be coming across. Like I want my friends when they think of me and how I have supporting character, gay supporting character, their ass through so many relationships in the last few years, a lot of them ending up with men, so I didn't do a great job. But as I held them through, and I also, I mean, Kevin, I was a great supporting character for you last year, like before. So true. Like I really held it down. Um, And... I just like I hope that pe- when people think of me, I hope they think of me in this way. I hope that they think of me in this sing-songy, delightful. Maybe they even like superimpose a British accent on me. Like this is exactly how I want to come across to people. And I I believe that for you. <laughs> I want that for you as well. I think you're I think you're on your road to Everett yeah. Town. Now you're not 28 like Rupert Everett. But... I am. But almost. Oh, congratulations! That you're spot on. You're right there. <laughs> almost 29. Um, but yes, I, I don't know if seems he like he might be older than them. Maybe. Yeah, I, Cause he's an editor. Yeah. I think he's in his thirties. Oh, so I think I can still true. kind of strive for this. Like, I think I'm sort of, if we got an origin story movie, that would be more where I'm at. I think, how did you get so gay and charming that do we think George studied at the famous second city improv? Cause he, yes. And's, you know, this premise very, very well. Is okay. Wait, I thought you said George is the the best. I don't know who's uh, Rupert Everett. Did Rupert Everett? Because he yes ends the "I am your fiance" premise very quickly. I'm asking Chicago, the birthplace of American improv comedy. Did he? Did did he take classes? Did he take a 101, a 201? Is what I'm asking. Did he study under Del Close? Is what I'm I, trying to get to the bottom of. I feel like it's not improv training. It's the um like being a fancy british man that you couldn't assimilate to anything <laughs> any situation like, as long as it allows you to be a fancy british man and this really yes. brings me back to wonka because i didn't know what kind Good. of oompa loompa hugh grant was going to play and hugh grant does exist in our Ju- run the julia's universe so i can speak on this um, as does wonka a frequent topic of conversation on this podcast yeah you're welcome everyone i saw it so you don't have to but hugh grant um He's little, but I I didn't know the direction they were going to take his Oompa Loompa. And it was very weird. It was a very weird choice. It was weirder than the trailer. And it was like very like bougie British man, very 
uh, like he's like a posh oompa loompa posh oompa loompa hmm. wow he's a he's which is yeah that's it's the kind of oompa loompa we've never seen before i'm a director in like a behind the scenes interview and i'm like we're really opening up new oompa loompas that the audience you know have been asking for we're finally having a pod these are sides to oompa loompa society that we've never that we've never seen before now i'm begging you please don't go back and read the original book uh, where the Umbalupas are just pygmy Africans. Please don't go read that. They're orange. They're orange guys, and don't look into it any further. With green hair. With green hair. They're not just black people. They're not. I swear. Don't look at the original book. Don't look at it. Don't look at it. Um, so I'm glad they went with Hugh Grant in that in that direction. Hugh Grant in a very interesting point in his career. Similar to like, I feel like. Kevin and I were talking before the pod where I said Julia Roberts is mean, actually. She's a mean girl. I, I feel like there was even a quote Hugh Grant gave where he was like, I'm not nice. Yes, we've talked about yeah. this before. Yeah. Hugh Grant, famously not nice. Not his stuttering, you know, uh, becoming, you know, on-screen persona. Um, he's very mean, uh, notoriously. Uh, you know, has, uh, 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 you know, you're doing this it. is not necessarily a nice or, uh, 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 well, I'm not uh, very nice. Um, but it's, it's not, yes, he's not a nice man. And Julia, there are conflicting reports as to whether or not Julia Roberts is a quote unquote nice person. And like a woman being nice, not a given. She, women don't have to be nice. And like, no. there's like a big spectrum of what nice is, right? Is it like just being like, stop bothering me. I'm, I'm a busy actor. Or is it right. like, you know, um, you, you ugly slut. Um. <laughs> yeah. Different people have different definitions of what nice is in any context. And some, you know, Hey, we're three people who have lived in the Midwest for extended periods of time. And the Midwest version of nice is very different from the New York or Chicago or Los Angeles version of nice. Um, and I can tell you, I prefer those other three versions than the standard, you know, rural Midwest sort of version of nice. Um, but it, you know, it's it's different, and celebrities they can't go anywhere without getting bothered. Taylor Swift can't go get a rack of ribs without you know a mob of people being outside the restaurant, right? And so like, if you're not bowing and deferential to every single one of the thousand people that come up to you in a given day, I mean, like I know that if I were just walking around New York and a bunch of people wanted to talk to me while I was doing stuff. I would be annoyed with a few of those people. I wouldn't be super nice all the time. They don't, and yeah, they don't say no, great things either. There's it's often not very inventive, and it's really demanding, no. and it's kind of like a zoo animal the way that that people yeah interact. Yeah. Often they're not like, "Hey, loved you in that thing." They're like, "Do the line from the movie. <laughs> do do the thing that I want you to do. Perform now." And I, people, and then Julia Roberts will say like. No, thank you. And they'll be like, she was rude. She was very she was very mean to me. I'm just a little guy. I will just say my only evidence of like Julia Roberts being kind of mean is that she definitely stole a man when he was engaged. So, I love that. I love that for and, her. And they're still together. She left a man at the altar and ran off with an engaged man. You and know what I mean? She like, wore, I believe, a t-shirt taunting <laughs> the other person. I love it. Uh, it's honestly, it's honestly iconic. It's, it's honestly. I love that about her. I love that so much. And she's still with him. Yeah. 
And that's it, that is rom com science. That is the kind of rom com science we're looking for. Like that would occur in a film like this. And if you just said like, "Well, they're in love," we would all be like, "Yeah." And of so course. I just love that that's like her actual lore is like she did the rom com thing and she won. Yeah, she she made it out of that best friend's wedding, and this time she got the man in real life. You know. And I, I think that's beautiful. I don't require Julia Roberts to be, like, the the nicest, most convivial person with every single person she meets. I know that she made an enemy of Steven Spielberg on the set of Hook. I'm sure we'll get into it one day. You know, made a fierce enemy out of Steven Spielberg. That's fine. That's cool. That's a cool person. I don't need celebrities or artists to be cool and nice all the time. I just dropped in the chat about her t-shirt and what... Aloe Vera meant when she yeah. wore it. And I'm here for it. There's some beautiful queer discourse like a year or two ago where oh, okay. Fletcher, yeah, she broke up with her girlfriend and instead of being like a I miss you or like a or, or like a fuck you, you sucked song, it was a your girlfriend is so hot. And she put out a song about how hot her ex's girlfriend is. And that's just like such a mind fuck. And then made merch about it. And then the song got really big. And yeah, that's just like some celebrity behavior where it's like we also just simply can't know like what texts or things are happening besides what we're just seeing. This could be a completely warranted response to something like we just simply can't know. I just love that she exists in rom-com science in her real life. And she is in, in a happily ever after, after a rom-com experience. I'm calling it rom-com. Others would call it cheating, but it's, it's rom-com science. It's rom-com. Absolutely. It's, yeah, I don't know why everybody wants, like, celebs to be, like, someone you'd be best friends with. I don't know these people. I'm not going to meet these people. Them being weird and, and catty and dramatic is like, yeah, that's what I'm here for. I want to soak it up. I want to, like, enjoy the fall off of, like, when someone with a creative brain becomes very rich and powerful. Like, that's what, that's what I'm trying to see. That's what I'm looking for. Can I tell, yeah, this is can I tell a little story? It's... I'll try to Please. keep it short. Like I'm I'm already second guessing. I'm like, what if me and this person fall in love and then like they listen back to this and they're like, I can't believe you talked about this. But I so I'll maybe I'll omit a few details. Um I was talking to someone who was going through an absolutely brutal crush this weekend. Or sorry, brutal breakup this weekend. And as they were talking at me, I was becoming absolutely feral like so attracted to them and I was like this is so fucked up that this is happening like and I was like watching like how how many red flags were like going past me and then also experiencing that like West Side Story like heart and everything else fades away and like them in the center is just a heart like you can't see anything else which has happened to me a few times before I've dated some partners and I was just like this is so gay and so annoying that this is happening to me right now and so they were telling this breakup story and I started crying and I, I don't know if it's because I was like it was the day I was supposed to take my testosterone shot and so I was hormonal and so the like femme hormones were coming back 
or if simply I was really moved by how fucked up this breakup was. And I was just like, so ride or die for this person in this moment. I was just like, I'm going to fight this girl. Like whoever your ex is when I like, and there was like a no contact that her, that she like issued to the ex and the ex that I was falling for and, and the person that I was talking to had never heard of a no contact before. So it was like awkward anyway. So then this crush is talking like an hour or two in, in a group setting about how it's um, how one of the things, one of the issues that they were having, though it was still a pretty blindsided breakup was that like the ex's job was really demanding and so she couldn't come to like a casual holiday party or couldn't come to like a she couldn't just like drop of a hat come to something and this person that i was becoming obsessed with had a different lifestyle and was just like you know i have like my close friends and that it would be nice to like be able to connect and but like my ex-girlfriend's job is just like really takes her away from it and so some time passes and more details of the breakup come out and I'm just like just holding like my hand to my face so that it doesn't look like because what an inappropriate reaction to have to a stranger trying to talk about a breakup that they were going to I was like this is an absolutely like inappropriate response to be having and then it's revealed that the ex-girlfriend is an incredibly famous pop star and <laughs> who was on my top artist for like Spotify rap. They were on the rap like a few years ago, probably. Um, and I was just like, I hate her now. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's over. It's a, no more wrapped. You're wrapped. But in the way that says, get out of here. And that's a wrap. And that's a wrap, And that's a wrap. That fast. Yeah. Ariana Grande. Yeah. Uh, And I don't think, I don't think she's a bad person at all. I don't. It's just the way that the the shit went down. I'm like, I cannot fuck with that. I cannot fuck with that. Now you've, and now you've got like, you know, now you got skin in the game. You've met the, the, the soldier on the other side. Yeah. Not, not my bae. Like not my normie bae. No. Do not fuck with my normie bae celebrity. I'm gonna throw hands with your with your celebrity powers. Someone Manip- who, manipulating people. Someone who I've talked about in lots of queer group settings about like what do we think this person t- person's type is like who do we think this person's type would be? I would have never arrived at who I was talking to. Somehow, I just it wouldn't wow. have wild. Wow. That's lost. That's L.A. The wild, wild west of L.A. L.A. Yeah. gets uh, the good celebrity gossip. I'm talking about traffic a lot. <laughs> well, we talk about traffic here, too. And this is just too true. I haven't been feral for someone in a really long time. And so that plot this twist, I was I was not expecting because I it would have been enough to just walk away from a party being like, I'm vibrating from a crush of a very emotionally unavailable person and I'm going to have to do something about it. Which is nothing. Um, ah. Yeah, because they they, they, they they need to process it. Um, what course. an interesting scenario to be like, yeah. oh, yeah, you don't know people. 
We're not so far removed from my best friend's wedding and the characters <laughs> that no, they put themselves not, in. Truly not. And the mean girl, Julia Roberts. And yeah, I guess I I guess I would define, you know, she's America's sweetheart, of course, Julia Roberts. But like often her on-screen persona is like very prickly. In this movie, she's a fucking food critic, which in movie language is like the most evil job you could have. <laughs> like there's no there's no more like quick sign this is a bad person than someone being a food critic oh my right God, the way this opened with the bear was like unexpected and funny <sighs> yes chef not even yeah in, in chicago um i guess she wasn't in chicago she was in the greatest city in the world baby uh but yeah and then all that's happening and like you know we just cat we just talked about leave the world behind the new julia roberts film she's playing a very prickly character in that film like her current like mold that she fits into is incredibly prickly white woman um, oh you can almost like kind of connect the dots that like this is where that character would end up but i'm actually glad yeah. it's with someone like ethan hawk and i think that's i think that's right i think i think they balance each other out nice when they're you know in their especially in their early relationship those two is like he's very soft and he warms her up yeah but then she you know she's necessary to like get him to do the things that he needs to do if you, you know? put this in the same cinematic universe like i'm actually pretty happy with that yeah, if she ends, if this, if the my best friend's wedding character ends up with Ethan Hawke and any Ethan Hawke, no, 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 no. If role. if my best friend's wedding, the sequel was Leave the World Behind, I'd be fine with that. I think. Oh, I see. Yeah, because bad things are happening to 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 the character. No, Absolutely. I don't want. I don't. Okay, controversial opinion. I don't want anything bad to happen to Julia Roberts. I just think if she doesn't win this scenario, she's gonna like put all the walls back up again and mm. maybe she'll be able to love someone like Ethan Hawke but there will still be walls like I think just like this character if she doesn't get this particular need met I think it's gonna go straight back up again it's gonna be thicker. or you guys have talked about Zodiac isn't there a like Scorpio, like when you turn 27, isn't there a zodiac thing that happens? To yeah, you? yeah. My sad, I'm in my Saturn return. I actually got a tattoo for it. Yes, yeah. the Saturn return. And like, this is That's you could say so this is a Saturn return true. movie. Oh my some god, of it, if she's even 28, like, she's entering her Saturn return. Wow, she's this is huge. I think another George line that really resonated was like, Do you love him or do you want to win? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and and I did like that because it did make me question some of my jealous reactions to friends and their relationships and being like do it would I am I really really in love with this person or is it like just something more defensive and passive than that? I wouldn't go to these lengths um yeah. because I don't think I would stay sober through it there's just i don't think it would end well for obviously but um yeah i think when i think about for me my i have an equivalent to this this guy too who is a straight guy and yeah i just i don't know i i could see myself being really jealous of whatever he picks as like the straight girl that he ends up with and confusing that with like other feelings but i think ultimately it would just be sort of like a protective jealous 
thing that isn't exactly being in love. And I thought that was like a cool distinction that they made. Absolutely. Yeah. And this is, you know, because the, the character at the end of the day, you know, did not win the, the hand of the man that she supposedly loved. But in a way, she won because she knocked down those walls and, and opened herself up to being vulnerable and survived the experience. And, you know, the original ending of the film literally has, like, some handsome man at the wedding coming up to her and them kind of, like, starting a relationship. That's disgusting. But they changed, mm. they changed it because, quote, from the director, the audience wanted her killed, so they didn't want to give her, like, that level of happy ending. But it is kind of, it's a bittersweet kind of happy ending of, like, she has her great friend, George, and... She's open to, to love. The future is ahead of her, even though she's an old spinster. You know, she's 28. Are you going to well, find someone to love after 28? And two, like, I think <laughs> you could even make the argument, right? Like, what would she win? You know? Right, she, yeah. If she, like, this wedding. If he married her instead, like, what would she win? Like, it's... Honey, if he'll cheat with you, he'll cheat on you. You know, I'm always saying But this. he's also, like, a boring straight guy. Like, he wants a blonde wife. He wants a little blonde wife. There's a bit of that, like, learning that. Like, oh, you don't want, like, a cool New York career woman. You want a little blonde wife. But also, mm -hmm. like, they did try to establish some, like, chemistry, compatibility, like, at the baseball scene i thought that was an, a, a pretty good scene um of like oh uncle blank oh my i was really confused with how she was playing playing her game with everyone like playing her game with like the future mother-in-law charming uh, like i'm i was very confused how she was gonna get from a to b to c and how that was gonna work out for her because it was just like the, the choices she made to charm the people that she did, I was like, I don't know how this ends with you with the guy. Like, at all. You're just making everyone like you, which I can relate to. Like, I want to go to a wedding and make everyone fall in love with me. But is that going <laughs> to... Are you going to end up with a gonna... room at the end? I don't know. <laughs> That's your prize for making everyone <laughs> at the wedding like you. You level up enough points at the wedding and then the, the groom is like... I'm sorry, honey, I got to go home with this one. They won. <laughs> they won the wedding. Do you guys have like a wedding persona? Because I definitely do. And if so, what is it? Mm. Truly depends on the wedding. Yeah, I guess I haven't been just a guest at a wedding for a minute. I've like had to be in weddings, which is its own it's a completely different answer. It's different an persona. assigned role. Yeah. You you yeah. you gotta sing, say a little prayer. You oh yeah, gotta I'm stage lick manager. Lick an ice sculpture's dick. I'm yeah. a babysitter. I'm you know I got bobby pins. I'm. Smart. <laughs> You're on. You can't do anything else. You're on fucking bobby pin duty. I'm running around. Um, yeah. I'm tired. Absolutely. I I can't drink anymore. <laughs> yeah, I guess my wedding persona is just like pretty okay cool guy to hang out with you know what i mean i'm like i ah, will shoot the shit i'm not gonna do a ton of dancing really but you know we're gonna have we're gonna we're gonna have a little fun little time at the wedding i suppose oh my god i would I, I would love to find you at a wedding because i would be desperate to find the you at the wedding i'd be like who yeah is, just hey who is this the, the the person that i don't have to think about at all while talking to and we'll just like say some fun facts about media stuff and whatever like that is what I'm, I'm looking there. for. Oh, as... that is what Kevin did. I saw him at a wedding 
and him and my other two friends, which you hadn't met, which feels weird, even though you're in the same lore of my life, um, you all talked about different supporting actress Oscar speeches for yeah, like that's right that we talked minutes. About that <laughs> yeah, and I feel like it was a similar thing when my like coder friend went with you to a Mario movie, and I was like worried how you were gonna like gel with all these different like people for my thesis back in April, and which feels like so long ago, but. Yeah, it ended up being pretty much that. I think it was just you know, movie-related trivia stuff. Very easy. Yeah. Um, as long as I can lock in with that. You know, as long as I can find whatever the the art and media avenue into a person is, I think I can I think I can make it work. If they are if they are wanting to talk about something like that, I can I can make it happen. I do keep running into people who are like, "I don't watch a lot of movies or TV shows. This is a tough town for that." And I'm like, "But I keep running into you." I keep running into people who tell me like they're reading books and they're not like consuming TV shows and movies. And I moved to this town so that I can talk about it. Um, where are you guys? I can't find you. I can only find people who read books. Ew. I can only find fucking nerds wow. in this town. Well, yeah, I'm you're dyslexic. a nerd Hollywood, nerdwood. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dyslexic, which I love to bring up. So I, I read books really slowly and um like I can't just I could if it becomes a hyper fixation and I'm on like a plane maybe I could finish a book but I read really really slowly and so I can't keep up I have such a long I'm not a Kevin like I have such a long list of books from three years ago that I've been trying to make my way through since the pandemic started um and it I have to prioritize and sometimes they make it lower because they're t they're so intellectual I have a really high reading comprehension but yeah I have to think a lot while I read so it can't be a thinker my wedding role is that like DJ go-go dancer starts the cha-cha slide like when the when the dance floor is dead I'm the person that comes out and like just goes absolutely ham like absolutely flailing and just throwing my body around sweaty so sweaty immediately and like immediately taking off the the jacket so it's just the shirt and a loose tie and just like Ooh. having fun Pro people are probably like that that person smashed but i'm always sober and i'm just bringing the people in and then kind of like the parents start being like oh this is kind of fun and they do that kind of like shoulder dancing and then a few other people come in and it's that's just my power move. And then I go and I find like a coffee. Once it's settled, once the dance floor starts popping, then I'm like, I've done my duty. And I go and I find like a little snack. That is, oh I think, underappreciated because like Midwest, mostly white weddings, like it's it is God's work to get the people onto the dance floor. Cupid shuffle, cha-cha slide. Yeah, these are the classics and everyone can participate because they're telling you how to do it. They tell you all the moves. You don't got to remember. That's what the electric slide was really missing. And that's why it has faded away from the wedding playlist. Really? I think I'm going to see some cha-cha slide tonight at this line dancing thing. It's so it's oh, cha-cha slide for sure. But the electric slide, it's gone. It's out of here. Forget about it. Um, Melanie, for context, there's this um, movement happening in LA and it's, it's slowly, it's making its way to New York as well. But the queer scene has taken on line dancing as their activity. And there are these parties that happen and like 
queer celebrities are known to show up a lot, like just random everyone's ex of an ex is there so it, it, it sometimes it's hard to like get people to go because they're like oh my ex goes or oh my ex's ex goes a lot I don't know which nights but when the when the vibe is right and the and the calendars sync up it's like it's the moment the boot scoot is boogieing it's I... so boot scoot boogieing that song played last time um <sighs> they teach you like two dances throughout the night and then if you're really in it it's it's a really good like marketing strategy because because you want to learn the dances and then they offer like dance classes outside of these parties to learn them and then if you go regularly you start learning them a lot and so they start doing the same sort of like 20 different dances to contemporary music and then to country music and so it everyone starts to be like wait i need to learn all of it um i think I knew this actually because uh, Jude, my old roommate, uh, is also trans, and I I believe that they went to these parties when they lived in LA, and I think they did try to go to a line dancing thing here in Chicago, and they were like, it was not the same. It was bad vibes. But one of those events, and everyone's a little tired, and they're like, maybe it's time to go home. And then Garth Brooks's friends in low places hits, and they're like, I'm never leaving. I live here now. I think it was definitely a line dancing that was like like country music derogatory, not like country music like <laughs> mm-hmm. Casey Musgraves. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the thing. And like, it's fun to bring, there's a lot of transplants in LA, obviously, and so it's fun to find fellow like, midwest slash southern people who are like oh i did this like with straight people actually like it's fun that like people are doing this i learned this in because i actually secretly liked it and uh Mm -hmm. yes because sometimes the fun little midwest stuff was actually fun that's so cool i'm so glad you're going that that's a journey that we after the tender marrying age of 28 have come to this is a personal journey that i've been on of like you know there was a time where i was like i need to push away everything from the midwest small town upbringing you know i'm pushing away religion i'm pushing away country music i'm pushing away sports in general and then slowly coming around to well like well some amount of some of these things is okay make it a little country playlist on spotify getting back into basketball it's like oh i'm allowed to like these things it's okay to to embrace these things that I loved at one point in my life and and can now have a nice adult relationship with. I feel like Chicago is that place too, because you kind of talked about like Midwest nice and how Chicago is maybe different. And maybe what has, I've been in Chicago now for eight years. It, It is the most Midwest big city. Like it just is like, and maybe that's like what the the movie gets that tone really right with all of our family is that like most people in the city are going to like be nice to you or going to help you or going to just I don't know. It's just like it just feels so Midwest. I'm not going to make this podcast a rant about the bear, but I hated the bear. And oh, get him. Yeah. Because they don't get it right. They treat Chicago like it's a smaller New York. And Mm. Chicago is not anything like New York. Uh, Not meant in a derogatory way. It just is not. 
it is its own city, its its own vibe, and it's just Midwest. And so I always get prickly from like hometown, like Missouri people that are like, oh, Chicago sucks or so scary, you know, whatever. Like, I'm like, it's just like you guys. It's just in the city. Like, the conversations I would have (laughs) at the tractor supply are like the same I have at the Jewish deli down the street or, (laughs) you know, like at the grocery store or at the beef stand. The beef stand of guy course. now knows me. Inclu- like, I-, I inherited the beef stand from Matt, and then I didn't go with Matt one time, and then the beef stand guy was like, where's your girl? He knows my, he knows wow. me. He knows my essence. Damn. That's, that's a beautiful relationship when you develop that with the deli guy or the beef stand guy. Once, once they know and they're like, it's you, and you're like, ah, oh, man, I'm the most special boy in the whole world. <laughs> Yeah, he waved at me the other day because I usually get free cheese sauce and then they didn't put it in and then I asked for it and he waved at me and then they did scold me about it. But I got cheese sauce, so. And that's all that really matters. That's, you really, you really came out of that on on top. Um, something we haven't really talked about it while discussing this this film is kind of, if if Rupert Everett is the best performance in the movie, there is a second best, very good performance in this movie, and that is a young Miss Cameron Diaz. So the good. now retired Cameron Diaz is like so key to this movie. Working is just so impossibly fucking charming at everything she's trying to do here. Um, it's really it's really remarkable, remarkable stuff. Well, she has. I mean, she's carrying this movie on her back because the the way that everyone makes decisions would make zero sense and not work at all if she didn't like sell it like this like that yeah the casting here is really and maybe the directing but just the performance that she's doing i i don't know with directing it's hard to know the performance like she had a huge assignment and she killed it yeah She's yeah. not icy at all. She's, like, warm the whole time. Like, you are rooting. Like, you want to not root for her because she's maybe blonde, a little annoying, and rich. And yet, you do root for her because Julia Roberts sucks. It's awful, yeah. Yeah, it's just, she's she's so charming. She runs away with the damn movie. And she has much much more to carry than rupert everett or or somebody else yeah she really she really is doing a lot let's see what else what else? oh there's a little um game we like to play in the julia roberts rom-coms of uh what if this happened to you would it be charming or would it be terrifying how could this happen to me and i guess this movie kind of answers that question 100 percent of the time with terrifying and awful can you pick an can you pick a beat though like an emotional beat of like what i was thinking about the women in all in the uh white socks bathroom um surrounding this like these two women having a fight (gasps) and they're like yeah bitch (laughs) yeah chiming in yeah to a very public fight you're having with a with someone in a movie charming in my life I never want anyone to perceive me having a personal incident <laughs> of any of any kind. Yeah. I want no, no This part. kind of happened to me after a junior prom when everyone was drunk. So I can say terrifying, but also I can say I lived it. Maybe it made me a more interesting mm. person. 
Wow. It builds character, much like confessing mm-hmm. your love to your college boyfriend slash best friend, and, but not winning him in the end. You know, it builds character. It really, it really shapes you up. Um, you know, I this is the first year that we're covering my best friend's wedding. And um, I don't know, we don't have any traditions built up into this yet, but I guess kind of making some New Year's resolutions here, uh, specific my best friend's wedding New Year's resolutions. So for the both of you, like how many times in the next year are you are you gonna do karaoke, do you oh. think? I think for me, four. Just had a karaoke birthday. I enjoy doing karaoke. I have friends that like doing it. I think I'm going to do karaoke four times in the next year. I think my um, my New Year's resolution is to mastermind one sabotage karaoke. Sabotage so, karaoke. Yeah. So I need to find someone, set up a situation in which making a person karaoke it does a huge disservice to them. Maybe they're tone deaf. Maybe... It's the wrong song, but setting up a situation where forcing someone to do karaoke is actually a form of sabotage. Um, so that's my New Year's resolution. I love that. Mm, yeah. I think my my uh, best friend's wedding resolution would be to go to a White Sox game because that looked really wow. fun. <laughs> and I have been before. Me and a friend went with another girl who um, was like studying abroad from Italy, and she was like, "I want an American day," and we took her to the White Nothing Sox. More American than that. We went <laughs> That's to so cute. yeah, it was great. We went to the White Sox game, and then we went to the club later. And oh wow, oh my God. it was great. Prom would have been another good one. <laughs> We're just obsessed with prom over here. Like all of our all of our teens, there has to be prom has something has to happen mm. at prom. For me it was this cat fight and everyone around being like, You bitch, stupid Blo- beloved childhood memories. Classic memories of you. <laughs> uh, like the fight at prom. Well, I suppose you know, I of course have many thoughts on my best friend's wedding, but it's okay, because we'll be back next year to talk about it again uh and send you off into 2025 so as we're wrapping up uh i'll start with my co-host kat uh any anything you want the people to know about out there i'm still like taking an instagram break till maybe i guess when this comes out tomorrow ish great (laughs) um maybe longer depending on how things go um but if you're curious about my whereabouts Cat Scott online on Instagram is a good place to go. If you want to send me money, you're always welcome to. I unfortunately found out that Kevin has been paying out of pocket for us to enjoy these services. So um, please tell your friends to listen and subscribe to Kevin's Patreon. I will be paying next year's fee, half of it, um, but I feel incredibly guilty. No, it's okay. The podcast costs money and cast the website. That's a separate fee that I'm also paying, just so you're aware of all the money. Didn't, didn't know that, but now you know that. And if you're enjoying this, and if you want to send this to Julia Roberts, I know she has a few pennies, so feel free to uh, get that all together and send it at... Uh, Kevin's Patreon. I don't need to see a single dollar until I've paid off my debts. 
Uh, Melanie, anything you want the people to know about? Uh, I'm a human person out here. Don't follow me on Instagram. (laughs) Do (laughs) not find me. (laughs) If I don't know you, I don't know. If you're pregnant, I do work at a women's health services so I can help you... uh, Uh, get lactation services but otherwise (laughs) so look for melanie find a melanie specifically in that category yeah and maybe a yellow pages google melanie lactating you'll find me you'll find Um. exactly what you're looking for and nothing else nothing else um but this is great i love uh i am a patreon subscriber uh to all kevin projects (laughs) thank you me too yeah. Yeah, two 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 real Kevin heads out here on the pod today. <laughs> That's the perks you get over at patreon.com slash TV's Kevin. Give me enough money and I'll let you on the show. And you'll get a video version of this very podcast. Yeah, sure. Today. Why not? In all of the different places that we went. <laughs> all under the sea. Uh, we went to Minecraft for a little while. All the beautiful little places that we journeyed uh on this on this skype call of course yeah tv's kevin lanigan on all the stuff but you already knew that because you're already following me you're already a patron i know that you in the listening audience why why would you be here if you weren't already working on a book give me some money to help me work on that book patreon.com slash tv give kevin. kevin money before you give me a single dollar just give kevin all the money now if you give me enough money then cat gets money see how that works <laughs> that's true we're not even close so, so keep it let's let's get keep going. It going up Get those pocketbooks open shamelessly. Absolutely. And I know the best time to ask people for money is around the holiday season. Everyone is flush with cash. Exactly. Uh, but 2024 is Eve. your year, your New Year's resolution, listener, to join patreon.com slash TVSkevin for as little as $1 a month. <laughs> and we thank you for your services. And we thank you, Julia, for already being a patron because we know you are. I don't know what we're doing in the top of 2024, but we're going to have it figured out by the time that you need an episode to listen to, listener. Uh, we're doing Valentine's Day in February, so fucking enjoy that. That's gonna be that's gonna be great for everybody. <laughs> Just casually watch one of the worst movies ever made. It's gonna be great. Yeah, and I'll probably be single, so I'm gonna have a really good time. You have a really good time. What if love actually sucked ass Valentine's Day twenty twenty four? Run the Julias. What if Valentine what if love actually was sh- was shit? <laughs> oh, what's everyone's favorite holiday movie? Oh, that's a great, that's a great way to send us off. Hmm. That's a good question. I, you know, I just rewatched The Green Knight. Came out a few years ago. That's a, it's a Christmas game. They're having a Christmas game. Uh, Oh, and The Holdovers, which came out this year. A new holiday classic just entered the canon. What a wonderful, lovely film that was. I don't think I ever would have arrived there. Gun to my head. I don't You're welcome. I I'm sorry. It takes place on Christmas. It's a Christmas movie. Okay. Just because the guy has a sword. No, I'm with you. Just never would have pulled that out of my brain. I was going to say Moonstruck. Because also oh. not Christmas, but not not Christmas. It's winter. It's cold. It's outside. <laughs> yeah. Holiday, holiday movie. It can be agnostic. Yeah. Christmas is not just about jingle bells. You know, it's about vibes. And Moonstruck has an incredible be, Christmas vibe. It can be not Christmas. It can just be holidays. And it can be an agnostic holidays. It can be someone Too who true. has to exist in the world during holiday season, but doesn't believe in Christmas. The Grinch. <laughs> the Grinch. Perfect. I'm, I think somebody I know is trying to throw a slutty Grinch party. So I'm hoping that comes together I'm hoping that comes time. together too my favorite holiday movie is the holiday mm. wow so. 
masterpiece. And I met someone who has Cameron Diaz's job in the holiday. Editing movie trailers? Um, yeah, at this holiday party where I developed my feral crush. Amazing. So, full circle. And that feral crush was on Will Ferrell. We'll be back next <laughs> month with more Run the Julias. Next year, the first full year of Run the Julias 2024. And Cat Scott is going to marry Will Ferrell from Elf. Yep. Um, Will Ferrell has a, a huge pop star uh bigger than will ferrell ex-girlfriend yeah that's that's the kind of goss you only get in those hollywood hills those great i met i met will ferrell once when i was living in new york and it's why i quit that job because somebody asked me and i wasn't being paid enough to ask will ferrell to be quiet and i was like there's no money that it's worth i will never ask will ferrell to be quiet i won't do it yeah he's too tall (laughs) i'm scared thanks y'all uh, wait, Kevin, had you were begging to do the song at the end. I was begging? Yeah. I was begging to do the song? The song you were begging to sing us out. Counting myself off in my head. One and, and two three and, and four. My best friend, my best friend's wedding. My best friend, my best friend's getting. Married to a girl who is really young. Married to a girl who is lots of fun. I'm not fun, but I deserve love. Mean girls should get love, too. It's not all about being nice. It's about being in love with you. My best friend's wedding. (laughs) My best friend's wedding. My best friend's wedding. My best friend's... Say a little prayer. Quiet up. Listen down. No, scratch that. Reverse. How do you like your candy? Dark, milky, absolutely insane... (laughs) <laughs> Say a little prayer for you A moment I wake up Before I put on my makeup, makeup. Say a little prayer for you While combing my hair now And wonder what dress you wear now, wear now. Say a little prayer for you You're joining Glee Club? I'm sorry, Coach Sylvester, but something is going on between Finn and that thing. You saw how it was undressing him with its eyes. Please don't kick us off the Cheerios. Cease fire on the waterworks. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to see it. You know, Q, when I first laid eyes on you, I was reminded of a young Sue Sylvester, though you don't have my bone structure. But it wasn't until this very moment I saw how alike we really are. You three are going to be my spies. I need eyes on the inside. We're going to bring this club down from within. (laughs) And I'm going to get my boyfriend back. I don't care so much about that. Tastes like you, but sweeter. Please tell your friends about this show. That was quite a show. Very entertaining. This has been a Talkback Podcast.